If you're putting out any kind of content whatsoever anywhere else, I guarantee you can repurpose that into an email. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. Today's guest has become a very dear friend of mine. Her name is Jenny Roth, and she is a copywriter from Aberdeen, South Dakota, or nearby Aberdeen, South Dakota. And I've talked before about some of the um, changes that have occurred in my business over the last year. And a big part of that has been hiring a team, um, working with a lot of different team members, contractors that do various things in my business. And Jenny was one of those first people that I started working with. And she does um, so much writing in my business. She's done sales pages. She's done. She did my entire website when I launched a new website this year. Um, But we first got started working together when she started doing my email copy. And Jenny has changed my business for the better. Um, Working with her, I talk about this a bit in the episode, but it's forced me to be more proactive in my business, to think farther ahead. I tend to think about like maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, but beyond that, not, not much. Um, And working with Jenny, we work a month ahead on emails. And so it sounds like a small thing, but it's actually been huge to just like be a bit more forward thinking. Jenny, we get together once a month and I just like tell her my life story and she turns it into these beautiful emails and she, she understands me. I mean, I think any, any good copywriter is like this and has that special magic of just being able to talk to someone and um, kind of replicate their brand voice and talk in a way that sounds just like them. And the biggest compliment that I get on my emails is that people are shocked when they find out that someone else writes them. And yet when I read them, when she sends them over, I'm like, it's, it sounds like I wrote this. Like she took exactly everything that I said and just made it more beautiful and more easy to understand because sometimes I'm a bit chaotic. <laughs> But today we are really focusing on email, um, which makes sense. Jenny's magic is definitely in email writing and connecting with people via email. And she has so many good tips in this interview. You're going to want to grab a notebook and a pen because Jenny has so much knowledge when it comes to serving an email list. How do you start building an email list? What do you send them? How often do you send it to them? How can you make money from your email list? All of those things are things that we talk about today. So let's dive in. Jenny, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Maddie. I'm so excited to be here and visit with you. I'm excited too. It feels like such a natural fit to have you on the podcast because we've been working together now for, we just passed a year, which is kind of crazy that it's been that long. And we actually, I I think that this is a, I want to tell this story and I hope that it's okay because I think that it's a really, um, it shows that there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of find clients and find clients that, that you work well with. So I had sent out an email about a year ago and in the email, I said, I know I should write emails, but I don't write emails because I don't like writing emails. And Jenny responded to me with the sweetest Loom video and was like, hey, I love writing emails and I'm a writer. And if you ever want to work together, let me know. And I was like, yep. <laughs> like, 
let's talk. And I think sometimes people get a little bit nervous to like put themselves out there in that way to say like, Hey, actually I do that. And I do it really well. And I would love to work with you. And I'm so glad you did that because like, you are one of my absolute favorite people to work with. And that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you told that story. And, um, okay. Here's part of it that I probably never have told you is that I was hoping to work with you for like a long time before that, just following you online and loving your message, like speaking to women and helping them find their magic really resonates with me. And then there was a pandemic and then (laughs) I believe you had a baby (laughs) and all these things happened. And so I never reached out. And um, when I got that email, I just, from you saying, I hate writing my emails, I just thought I genuinely maybe can help her. Right. And so like, that's for me is I do a lot of pitching in my business. I'll be honest. That's where I get, yes, that's where I get most of my leads. Um, and it comes from that place for somebody that I feel like I love how they speak to their clients already. And then I think like, can I actually help them? You know what I mean? And pitching that way. And so that's the way that feels really good to me. And so I'm glad you shared that story because I know sometimes reaching out to people can get you know, a bad rap or whatever. But for me, if you, if you do it in a way that you genuinely like, Hey, I think I can help you. And you're just have that open mindset, like curious to learn more about their business and see if you can help them versus like seeing the sale or seeing like, you know, your next lead. I think it can go really well. I totally agree. And I think it comes down to if you're offering a service or a product that you really believe in and you know, the impact that it can have, it makes it a lot easier to sell that thing because it doesn't feel salesy. It just feels like, hey, I have like a solution to your problem and I would love to talk to you about it. And that's exactly what you did. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So how did you, this is something I don't think that I know. How did you get started doing what you do now? You write for other businesses. How did you get there? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I've always loved writing. I think every writer starts with that story. You know, you're the kid in school who's writing, like I used to write R.L. Stein, like Goosebumps fan fiction. Oh my gosh. I was, that was really cool. And, um, you know, I had three kids in less than four years and I had my daughters when I was really young, you know, um, 24, you know, years old, really young. So I graduated college and was working, but I wasn't in a career that I felt like really committed to or that I really loved. I was still figuring out what I wanted to do. And I had all these babies. Um, and so I decided to be a stay-at-home mom with them and loved it. <laughs> I loved being a stay-at-home mom so much. Um, but also when all the kids were napping and, you know, sleeping through the night, I'd have pockets in my day where I'm just like scrolling Facebook, cleaning my yeah. house in my free time. And I had to come to a point where I was like, whoa, what, what do I do um, when I'm not being a mom? And I literally had to sit down and make a list because I couldn't remember. <laughs> um, and writing was at the top of that list. And so I started writing for blogs. Um, I reached out to a local magazine, um, started writing for them, moved up as the editor of that magazine here in the Aberdeen area. Um, shout out to Aberdeen Magazine. They're amazing. And then after that, people started being like, oh, you write? Uh, I, have a, I have a, you know, social media. I hate writing my captions. Can you do that? <laughs> I have a blog. Can you write that? I have a website. Will you write it? And I was like, sure, and figured out this whole world of copywriting and what it was. And so took a bunch of classes, a bunch of trainings, and just slowly it's evolved from there. Um, And I love it because I can do it from home. I love to write. I can do it from home when my kids are at school. It's just perfect for me. (laughs) That's awesome. And then how did you start working with, was it, was it really when they, when business owners were like approaching you, you were like, oh, there might be like a business here working for other business owners. Yes, exactly. 
So people would come to me, approach me for just random writing projects. Um, and then also I started looking for job postings for writers too. That's really where I started. So anywhere I'd find job postings online, whether that's local to Sioux Falls or other places, I'd apply. And that just started to snowball from there. So it was a combination of applying for writing jobs that were open, um, reaching out to people I wanted to write for, starting a referral program, and just, it's kind of just snowballed from there. And, you know, as all business owners know, you kind of just start, you take the leap before you're like 100% sure where you're going sometimes. That's definitely true for me in like every part of my life. Um, and so started just being a copywriter and realizing like emails, sales pages is what I really love and have slowly niched down into being fortunate enough to work on that mostly. That's awesome. So tell me, because with writing, I, I guess writing, I'm going to compare it a bit to photography because with both of them, there's a lot of directions that you can go in, right? Like as a photographer, maybe you work with families, maybe brands, maybe wedding clients. Um, and with writing, it feels similar to that. You could do social media, you could do email, you could do website, you could do, um, you know, like print marketing materials. So what's really like your thing or, or um, maybe like, what do you spend most of your days doing and, or what, what's your favorite? Yeah, such a good question. So I spend most of my days doing, and it's also my favorite is writing emails. Um, for me, there's so much uh, freedom in that kind of writing medium. You can be so creative. And I always kind of think of like, if social media is like your party, like to me, email is like your after party. There's just something about it, you know, like you can be more personal. It's a more intimate, close group of people who have like literally opted in like, yes, I want to hear from you. Um, you can, I always feel more comfortable, like you can share more with them. You can be more of yourself. It's not like sharing with the whole wide world. It's more like sharing with like your after party people, right? The people that are hanging out with you at 3 a.m., right? I love that. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's what I spend a lot of my days doing is writing email content. And um, I love working with creative entrepreneurs, which is such a loose term because everybody is creative, but photographers, designers, online educators, that kind of um, industries. Yeah, totally. So I know how this works because this is how we work together. But I think you know, when, when people find out, first of all, I think a great big feather in your cap, I should say, is that when people find out that you write my emails, they're shocked. <laughs> like they are shocked that they're not coming from me, which I think just means you're doing your job so incredibly well. So talk a little bit, let's talk a little bit about how that process works. Like how do you write for another business owner, especially one that has an established voice? And I think in the age of social media, like we all kind of have established voices, right? Like we have a certain way that we sound. So how do you take that on in email? Yeah, I love that. So in any copywriting project, whether I'm writing for um, another business or myself, there's so much that goes into it before you write a word. So a lot of it is being able to take on someone's brand voice or to really hone in on your own brand voice. So you can use this if you're just writing for your own business too. Is looking at other content that you've put out there, doing market research, right? Talking to people that you've worked with before, reading through your testimonials or gathering testimonials and case studies, um, researching your industry and your niche to see what people, what are people asking about, right? Like go to other accounts that are in your industry and see like, what are people commenting about? What are they talking about? What are they curious about? What do they want to know? Like what's missing for them to kind of really get like 
the readership and, and what they're wondering about and the words they're using to explain what they're wondering about or struggling with. So a lot of that for me starts there. Uh, doing that with, you know, you like a writing client, we like, when we started working together, we went through a whole like uh, questionnaire about brand voice and target audience and talked about all of that stuff, got it nailed down. And then you and I really sit down together for an hour once a month or so. Um, we figure out what month we're going into. We talk about what goals you have coming up, um, what things you're launching soon, what products or services you want to highlight. And then we start building an email plan from there just by you and I talking. And I think that part of it, just having, being a writer is so funny, right? Like you get to speak one-on-one -on -one with somebody and you get a really, um, they tell you their stories and they tell you what's, what they're thinking about and wondering about. And it's kind of your job to really listen and to find the, the story in that or to find the piece in what they're telling you that will resonate with their audience. And um, that's what I love about my job is getting to work one-on-one -on -one with people, people that way. And so I think it always helps when you're sitting down to do your marketing plan or email plan or whatever, to have somebody there that you can bounce ideas off of, whether that's a writer you hire or a mastermind group or a mentor, a coach, a colleague, whatever. I think um, that part is just so invaluable that you can bring your ideas and have someone else say, yeah, and what if we pull out this? Or what if we highlight that? Or, you know, we kind of really, it's really collaborative when we, when we work together and really just taking time to research and know your audience and how you speak to them and following along with that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is really, it's really collaborative. And I think for me, it feels like, and I've told you this before, we get together once a month and I just like word vomit all of the feelings that I'm feeling, all of the things that I'm working through, the stuff that we're launching, like it's literal word vomit, you guys. And Jenny just makes it so beautiful. And like, I'll say something and it, and it feels chaotic. Like I know that it doesn't sound, but you have such a beautiful way of like pulling out the threads that are going to be like impactful when it comes to the writing. Like I'll word vomit something and you'll say, Oh, so like, so what you're saying is this, this, and this. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. How did you know? <laughs> so, so nice having someone else who can kind of like pull that out because when you're so close to your own business, it can be difficult to do that. Yes. Oh my gosh, for sure. I think writing for my own business is the absolute worst. It's the worst <laughs> because I don't have, it's not me collaborating with somebody else. It really is just you with your thoughts and you're pulling out these ideas or you're, you have all these thoughts in your head and it's getting, translating them onto paper in a way that feels good to you and feels good for your audience. It's hard. It's hard for, it's hard for everybody. If that feels hard for you, anybody listening, it's very normal. Like all these, you know, when I sit down to write, I'm flooded with like doubts. Like, how does this sound? Does this even make sense? Am I coming across? you know, insecure, selfish, braggy, insert whatever limiting belief you want. So all of that's just part of it. Um, just kind of recognizing it and putting your th thoughts down on paper anyways, and letting them be messy and letting them be chaotic and going back through those threads will come out to you if you just get it all out, whether you're getting it out on paper or talking into a voice recorder app. For me, step one is just getting all of that out there and not worrying about how it sounds right away getting it out there and then going back through and finding the like the hidden treasures or gold nuggets in the things you've said. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So what gets you excited about email? I, I think for so many business owners, email is kind of the last thing that they think about. It's maybe not as sexy as social media. Um, it's certainly not as public, like it's not out there for everyone to see unless they opt in. And I think oftentimes business owners think like, well, I'll do that eventually. But 
I know we've seen major business growth from focusing on the email list. Um, so I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. You and I were talking earlier um, before we started recording about how I think email sometimes gets positioned like you hear things on social media like better start your email list because Instagram could disappear or kick you out or all these like scary things. And then you feel bad, right? Like, oh man, I should build my email community. Why haven't I done that sooner? And you get, it's like scary, but I, I don't believe in that at all. Like, I think if you are working really hard on social media and are building an audience there and putting a lot of time and effort into social media, your email list is going to be all the better. That's one reason why I think your email list is so successful, Maddie, is because of all the work you do outside of your email list for your audience. It's, it's a partnership that way on social media and email. So if you're thinking about starting email, I would think about it more like adding another avenue to reach your audience or to reach more people. Um, I think the statistics are emails like 20% of your audience can see your emails versus, I don't know what it is for social media, like 5%. So you can think really of it, well. yeah, you can think of it that way. It's just another avenue to reach more people and to continue the momentum you built on social media versus the scary thing you have to do or else, you know, I don't believe in that at all. Um, so um, I'd also like to say, like, for example, if you're doing really well on social media and you think, okay, what's the next platform I could go into? Maybe if trying email would be your next step, right? You could build a sequence um, that went out for people and have that all automated and just kind of start there and see how it goes. So you can take it little steps at a time, but I really think it's just um, another avenue to, to reach people. And as you're doing well on social media, your people want to hear from you email too. <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> So how do you, I, you know, as I think about this, I don't know that we've ever talked about this topic before on the podcast. So for people who want to start an email list, where do you start? Like, how do you get people to say, yes, I will give you my email. And do they have to say that? Or can you just start emailing people? Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I mean, the most common way to do it is to have like a free offer or a lead magnet or an opt-in, whatever you want to call it, a free piece of content that. Um, would help your audience. And in exchange for that piece of content, they get your email address, right? Um, that's the most common way to do it. I've also seen people just start with a really low ticket offer, like a $27 checklist or guide to capture an email address and then go from there. So there's a few ways you can do it. I usually so far have done the lead magnet, capture the email address, and then you have that person um, and you can send them through an automated email welcome sequence that goes out automatically after that. Um, and then just continue your correspondence with them from there. But it usually starts with a free thing. And we can talk about it if you want to more about lead magnets and like how to generate a good one and tips for that if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I would be curious. Like, I know a lot of my clients, this is one of the things that we tend to tackle in the first like six months or so of working together, just so they have another avenue besides social media. Um, it's like, it's a fine line, right? Like you don't want to spread yourself too thin, but you also don't want just Instagram forever and ever. Amen. Because you know, who knows? And so, like, kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Um, so this is one of the first things that we tackle. And I think a lot of the time they struggle with like, how do I know what kind of a lead magnet freebie to put together? Like what, what do my people want? And I know for me, I created like 10 lead magnets mm -hmm before I really knew like the audience that I was attracting and that's, that's changed now. So yeah, I think if we could, let's talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah, no, I think the method of creating 10 lead magnets and seeing what works is also my method. And so like, I'm totally there. Yeah. And I think it works. Like, I mean, how do you, you don't know unless you, you don't, you try something, right? So I think that's a really good tip, actually. Just, I mean, if you're stuck in analysis paralysis, spinning your wheels and not getting your lead magnet out there because you don't know which one it to be and you want it to be the best one, like just put one out there and see if it sticks. You can make another one later. So just do it, right? Um, some tips would be like, just make sure it ties into your paid offer, right? So I'm an email copywriter. So my lead magnet is like a free 15 minute masterclass on how to write your email welcome sequence. So kind of have that funnel in your mind, right? Like your lead magnet should always tie into like your signature offer or your next offer as your client goes through your funnel, right? So think about how it can tie together, how it can um, teach them something that they need to know before working with you or give them a little piece of the puzzle to working with you. And also now you have that client in your funnel, like how else can you help them down the road with other offers? So think about that, like what would be at the top of that offer? Um, A coach that I have recently really challenged me. So my masterclass for writing your email welcome sequence, I was like, I'll just make that a template. I'll just make it a little cute little guide. So easy peasy. And she really challenged me. She's like, it needs to be a masterclass. And for me, like I'm a writer, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do a masterclass and have to put on makeup and show up on a, on a camera. But she's like, when people hear your voice and see your face, like you're taking it one step further and um, building that relationship. She's like, it needs to be a masterclass. So I've been really leaning into that too. Whatever checklist guide thing you can do, can it also be audio? Can it also be video? You know, can you kick it up a notch that way and make yourself stand out? when somebody's getting a ton of guides and checklists in their inbox and they're getting a video from you, like you're going to stand out, right? Like from the crowd. So um, that's another thing. Uh, I think those would be my main two tips as long as it ties into your paid offer. And if you can video audio, think about it. <laughs> Is that a bad idea? My, my wheels are spinning. I've been working a lot with my team about um, like some offers and stuff for next year. And one of the things that I mentioned to them was that video tends to convert for me a lot better than anything else does. And yet I avoid it because yeah. <laughs> I am scared of video. <laughs> And they were like, okay, well, we need to do this. This is why you surround yourself with people who are smarter than you are, because they were like, you need to do a a video ad then like, that's what we're doing. And I'm like, okay, but a video lead magnet is a really fun idea. I love that. Or a, you know, a masterclass or an audio course or something like that, that brings so much more of yourself into it than a PDF, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're right. I've signed up for so many checklists. And so many PDFs. And if I were to get a video that I could, you know, watch and really engage with, that would connect with me on a a deeper level, really. Yeah, for sure. And it's free, right? So like you can use the free version of Canva and they have an option to present. So if you're making um, a guide or a template, a checklist, whatever you're making for people, like, okay, say even like you're a photographer or a designer and you have like Canva templates. Could you also record yourself customizing those templates mm. through Canva for free and show people how to do that? Just give just a little bit more of yourself that way, like through video or audio. Um, it's not like you have to sign up for, you know, Kajabi or like some software that you have to pay for to do audio video. It's free. Um, through Canva, you can do it. I've also recorded lead magnets on Google Slides for free. Oh. Yeah. You can do like free presentations that way. You can do Loom. I think I it's like five bucks a month. Yeah. Loom is, so it's super cheap and easy. It's not going to like 
I don't want people to be afraid to think, oh, I have to get new software and all these things. It's it's way more doable than you think, actually. <laughs> so honestly, yeah. I'm pretty sure that before I was even paying for any subscriptions, I did it through QuickTime, which you, you need a Mac for, I think. But like I just did it through QuickTime and a, a webcam and it was fine. Yes, for sure. That's such a great idea. I love that. Okay, so then so we start building this email list. And we have our welcome sequence. Actually, could you speak for just a second about a welcome sequence? What's that? Yeah, for sure. So once you have your free thing um, put out there, a really cool way to save yourself a ton of time (laughs) is in your email service provider um, to set up an automated welcome sequence that goes out afterwards. And that's basically, it's called a welcome sequence, but I guess it's really a nurture sequence. It's just a series of pre-written emails that goes out at a scheduled or set time that really introduces you more to your new subscriber, um, shows educational content and value to them. You can throw in um, examples of your work and eventually leads to your pitch, right? Your work with me email. So, and that's all automated and pre-written. So when they get, you know, once they get your lead magnet or a free offer, they kind of go through this this welcome or nurture sequence. So that's what it is in a nutshell. Yeah. You also mentioned that your email service provider, I think that that's another thing people get tripped up on. Can I just, you know, send a mass email through Gmail? Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? Yeah. Um, no. So you would want to sign up with the email service provider that keeps track of all your email addresses and the names and captures them and lets you segment them and send out a mass email blast <laughs> to everyone on your list. I use Flowdesk. I love Flowdesk. They were $19 a month. I think their price just went up. I'm not sure what it is. You can also use like MailChimp, I believe is free for up to like a pretty big a number of subscribers, ConvertKit. There's all kinds of, um, I wouldn't get too held up on which one you go with. Literally okay. just pick one. You can switch later, pick whichever one works for you. I'm a huge advocate for Flowdesk because I like it. Um, but I think really any would be a great place to start. I agree. I think it's, you know, use whatever one you're actually going to use. Mm-hmm. And- For me, that was a big reason why I switched to Flowdesk because I had been hopping around. I did MailChimp, I did MailerLite, I did ConvertKit for a hot second. That was really expensive and I wasn't using it anyway. And and then when I found Flowdesk, it was like, well, this is 20 bucks a month. It's actually fun to design the emails. Like they're pretty, they look nice. Um, the, The dashboard and the analytics are really easy to, you know, look at and figure out what's happening with your email subscribers. So if you have, if you find a platform like that, and I agree, I love Flowdesk um, and we'll put a code for Flowdesk in the show notes, if you guys are interested in checking them out. But if, if you find something that you like and you're actually going to use it, that's the platform like done. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You can, um, there's so many features. So this is kind of funny, like after building welcome sequences and launch sequences for people for years, I very recently just set up my own, which isn't that the story of every service. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was super easy. I even added um, an order bump behind my free offer, which is something really cool. Like going back to lead magnets and, and opt-ins, pitching to your list can still feel weird, right? Like you're like, okay, I have this person that opted in my free stuff. Now, how do I get them to like buy my offer, my product, whatever. For me, adding an order bump right behind that lead magnet has been so helpful. And what that is, is just like a really low ticket offer that complements your lead magnet or um, answer solves the next problem that is brought up with your lead magnet for like 10, you know, 15, $27. 
um, that comes up right away. And for me, that's been a really cool way to like make offers to my list right away and be like, okay, this is a business list. I'm going to get presented services and offers here. Um, so using that order bump, it was really easy to put together and Flowdesk as well. So yeah, I can't recommend them enough. So, okay. Now I'm asking selfishly because I think the order bump idea is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> we're going, we're going like going rogue a little bit here. So did you, you set that up in Flowdesk? Yes. Well, kind of. So when somebody, so in Flowdesk, you sent, you set up a form that captures somebody's name and email address, and then you can redirect them to a link, right? After they sign up, opt in. That link for me was a page on my website that said, Hey, do you also want this template that goes with the masterclass? It's $27 and they could check out right there. And so, yeah, it was really easy. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Okay. So we've got, we've got our freebie. We've got our nurture sequence that people, you know, they get a couple of emails, maybe over the course of a week or a couple of weeks, just so they kind of know who you are. Once they go through that nurture sequence, which you had said, we can set that up. We can automate that. That's great. How often should we be emailing our email list? Mm-hmm. That's such a good question. That's like the main thing everyone wants to yeah. know. And I think what they're really saying is like, do I really have to send an email every week? Oh my gosh, I'm going to, I don't that want to. Yeah. a lot, yeah. <laughs> So, okay, one thing I learned from a really amazing email copywriter, her name is Tarzan Kay, is she said, when you're thinking about how often to write to your email list, think about two things. Think about what is the purpose of your email list, first of all, for your reader? Like, what, like, what benefit is it to them to be on there? Why, why would they open an email for you? Like, what's the purpose of them being there? So you can be on email lists that send you a daily quote, and you would love it because that's what you want, right? You could be on email lists that give you a monthly update. Also good. You binge that monthly content. Um, So think about the purpose of your list for your reader and what you're trying to communicate and do for them. And the second part of that she teaches is to think about the purpose of your list for you. (laughs) Like, why do you have this email list? Like, what are you hoping to accomplish with it or achieve? How often do you need to email them to do that, right? If you're hoping to announce new products, um, or services and launch things to your email list, um, just emailing them once every three months and being like, oh my gosh, guess what? I'm launching a new program. <laughs> you might not get a lot of buyers, right? They're going to be like, well, I haven't heard from this person in three months. Like think of all the emails you get, like you wouldn't remember. So think about the purpose of your list for your reader and for yourself and kind of figure out how often they want to hear from you and need to hear from you and how often you can commit to it as well and how often you need to, to communicate with them to, to accomplish your goals. I am a huge fan of a weekly email. I just think it keeps me consistent. Um, Weekly or bi-weekly, I think is always um, a really good place to start. And that doesn't have to be scary. Like if you are making Instagram captions, if you're talking on stories, if you are writing blog posts, doing guest interviews, if you're putting out any kind of content whatsoever anywhere else, I guarantee you can repurpose that into an email. If you're doing the bare minimum, right? And you just want to keep in contact with that list. So it does, it's not like you have to sit down every week and like think of this amazing new email to send out with all this, you know, brand new information. You can really repurpose your content and um, be consistent that way too. That's how I got started with email was literally just taking Instagram, like longer form Instagram captions that had done really well. You know, it's, it's kind of funny when that happens, when you have a caption that does really well or a message that really connects with people. I think we have a tendency to be like, that's nice. Like, what can I do now? You know, like we just kind of let it die. 
that was kind of bothering me. Like I had this really good content out there that was like published one time and that was it. And so I took those captions and turned them into a nurture sequence. And this nurture sequence was way too long. I would not recommend what I did exactly, but it got me started with email. And that I think is a really great way to get started without having to spend a whole lot more time in your week. Like you're not spending more time creating content. You're just copying and pasting and tweaking a couple of things. And that's perfectly okay. Yes. hundred percent. And so going back to what you said about that first welcome or nurture email sequence, you could literally repurpose your content that you have other places and make that. So like your first email on that nurture sequence is you're delivering the lead magnet, the free thing. Um, your second email on that sequence can be about you, like steal copy from your website's about me page, steal copy from a bio you have out there somewhere, put that in there. The third and fourth emails in that sequence can just be total education and value for your reader, a blog post you've done, a podcast interview you've done, a social media caption that went really well. All of those things count. Um, the next email in that sequence can be like an example of a client, like your best example of client work or your best case study. And then the fifth email could be work with me, which you can also swipe from your website, like services page or a social media um, caption that went really well when you shared your services. You can send those emails out every 24 hours. I recommend that in your welcome sequence when someone's new to you, send them an email every day for about a week. And you can let them know, hey, you're getting an email from me every day for the next week as you go through my welcome sequence. At the end, I'll email you every other week, right? So they know. But send an email out to them every day so that they're new to you. They want to hear from you. They're interested, right? Keep their interest. You can repurpose your content if you need to to get that set up. And it's really not as difficult as you think. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, it's really not. It's just getting creative with a lot of the content that you already have. Yes. I think another area where I know my clients get tripped up is figuring out what to send their email list. It's that classic, like, but I don't have anything to say. Well, you probably do, but it can be really overwhelming to figure that out. So what can we send our email list? Like what kind of information should we send them? Yeah, I love this. So um, I learned this from another copywriter named Ashlyn Carter. She says like, and I use this tip in my own business and it's been so helpful for me. So instead of like sitting down at the keyboard and being like, what do I say? At the end of every work day and even like at the end of any regular day or whenever, I will take like 10 minutes and I will just jot down in a Google Doc, one Google Doc, so I always have it. I'll jot down things I learned that day, things that went well, things that didn't go so well. Um, if it was, you know, if it wasn't that profound of a day and nothing was really happening, just talk about what happened, like you're writing in a diary, like today this happened, I did this. You have that collection of um, ideas and stories, things you learned, takeaways, like little glimmers of ideas and, and thoughts you've had. And so when you go to write emails or any copy for your business, you can go into that Google Doc and remember um, that story. Like an example of this for me is, um, I was just thinking the other day about my kids when they were little. I used to like, I had a phase where I was going to like homemade all their food, like all the baby food was going to be homemade. And I got all these like organic cookbooks for like cooking for infants and toddlers. And then at the end of the day, I would like binge eat a box of Lucky Charms my own because I was like so busy, like feeding my, like doing all this for my kids. I like literally forgot, oh yeah, you need to eat too. And that's the same with like doing, you know, putting on my own welcome sequence in my business. I'm doing it for everybody else. And then it's like, wait a minute, I, this is really important. I never did it for myself. Right. So like just, and that's a story I'm going to tell an email or you can tell it on social media. So you can gather up all these content ideas. And also, I just want to add, you don't have to feel like every email has to be this 
blonde story. Um, another copywriter, Liz Wilcox says, when you are writing to your email ad for your email list, think of that intro as kind of like a grocery store. Hello. <laughs> you don't have to like go into like, you know how when you meet somebody at the grocery store and you're like, hey, how are you? What's new? I'm good. This is what I've been up to. How's the weather? A really quick hello. You can start your emails off that way. If going into a whole on story, you know, hey, it's been a busy week here. I've been working on this. Did I mention I'm also, you know, and then go into the point of the email. So those are, I guess, two ideas for, for what to say. Gather those stories. Um, gather those content ideas, keep them with you. Think of the grocery store intro. And then also think about your goals. Like what are you launching, you know, in the next quarter? What do you have coming up that you want to talk about? What service do you want to book out? And work backwards from there about what you talk about. What do people need to know before they work with you? What questions might they have? What, you know, think about your goals and make your content lead up to and match those two. And I just want to say, if that sounds overwhelming for anyone listening to like be looking ahead and then working backward, please know that a year ago when Jenny and I started working together, I wasn't doing that yet either. Like, I think the biggest gift to working with you, Jenny, and working on emails together is that it has forced me to be more proactive in my business. Like I have, I mean, it is, it's not I'm, I'm not a details person, so it's not a very like detailed plan, but I have an entire plan for next year. And so, and, and that's new, like, it's not like I've been doing this for a really long time, but because we tend to work about a month in advance for emails, that's how it started, right? It just started with me saying, okay, what am I going to do next month? Okay. Let's back that up. And this is what we're going to talk about in email today. That's how it started. And now I'm at the point where I can kind of look ahead to the entire next year and know-ish what's happening. And there's so much freedom in that. And I, I fought it for a long time because I, I, you know, think I can be like a fly by the seat of my pants kind of girl. And to an extent, I, I do like that. I will probably never have a super detailed plan, but there's a lot of flexibility and freedom in having a bit of a plan and working on an email list, I think has, has afforded me that, you know, like it's forced me to be like, okay, let's think about what's happening two weeks from now, not just tomorrow. Yeah. I love that same, like you can have that plan and you, you can deviate from your plan if you need to, yes. you can change the plan. You can go off script, but if you, you know, don't have time or you get busy, you at least have, have a, like a outline of a plan. Yeah. And I love that you said that too. Like I'm, you know, starting to work with a social media manager. And I just, I think that's a really good point. Like people you see who have an amazing Instagram account, an amazing LinkedIn account, an amazing email list, an amazing blog and podcast, like they have a team behind them, right? So don't compare like what you can do. Like email is my main channel for my business. And that's what I do. And I'm like, to be very honest, that's all I can do. Like to get, to start implementing social media more, I'm going to hire it out, right? I'm going to hire out Pinterest to work my blog more, a Pinterest manager. Like, I think that's really, I don't know, just important to note to like, when you see people who are just like everywhere and feel like you can't be everywhere, you don't have to be. Nobody actually really is. <laughs> so like, um, so when you add another avenue or channel for your business, Instagram, social media, uh, email, all of that, know that it's, there's a lot of you know people that you see doing that have help in those areas too. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that that's kind of why I didn't hire a writer sooner because I do really like to write. It's, yeah. it's fun for me. I'm, I'm decent at it. And so there was like a weird ego thing with like, well, why would I hire that out when I'm good at it and when I can do it? But the reality is it wasn't getting done because I didn't have the time. 
because I was focusing on the part of my business where only I could do that thing, the thing that I really loved, you know? And so I, I think that that is, that's true for many things, but for a lot of people, writing is probably something that like we can get help on. You're not expected to be the expert in every single area. It's okay to bring someone else in who can learn your business and learn um, how to, you know, speak and write in the way that you do. That's perfectly fine. Totally. And if you're not ready to hire it out, like go on Pinterest or Google or wherever and search for templates. Yes. Like there's Mm -hmm. templates for everything, social media captions, email sequences, website pages, whether they're free or low ticket, like professional copywriters use templates. Like the whole world uses templates. It's not cheating. It's working smarter. So at the very least, find a template. At least you kind of have an outline of where you want to go and go from there, you know? Yeah. Okay. So speaking of, you had mentioned your masterclass earlier, but let's talk about that. So people, if they're like, oh my gosh, yep. My life has changed. I'm starting an email list. Tell them where to go. Oh, thanks. So if you just go, my website is jennyrothcopyready.com. And that's on Instagram at jennyrothcopyready too. Um, I have a free 15 minute masterclass there where you will, um, I basically walk you through every email of your email welcome sequence, what to say, when to send it. And with that, there's um, an option to buy a $27 template, which gives you like five subject line options for each email, plug and go copy that you can just plug your words into and have your welcome sequence all written out for you. So that's brilliant. $27. Like that is a really good deal. You guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Jenny, it's always just like the biggest delight of my week to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here today. This was so fun. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.